0: This is Talking With, Brian Lamb's conversation with historian Douglas Brinkley. Episode one starts after this.
1: Doug Brinkley, tell me about Anne Brinkley,
0: your mother. Oh, my mom meant everything to me, and she died a few years back of a massive heart attack. And she'd always uh, tell me she kind of was old school uh, Czechoslovakian her mother came from. No, it was we were Slovakian goblets on my mother's side. And she would always say, you're going to miss me when I'm dead. You're going to miss me when I'm dead. And I kind of like a lot of kids are like, yeah, OK, mom, OK. And boy, if I missed her, it's just like a hole in my life because She was a real believer in education. She grew up very poor in Perth Amboy, New Jersey, Um, I mean dirt poor, and she worked at a Howard Johnson's waiting tables and got money to then go to Clarion's Teachers College, which is today Clarion State College in um, Pennsylvania, in western Pennsylvania. And she wanted; to, she'd gotten into Carnegie, but didn't have the money to go. But anyway, she became a teacher, and she was deeply driven person, and kind of had an immigrant's view of a love of America, and that her kids were going to go anywhere. So my whole life growing up was my mom telling me, "You can be president someday. You can go eat with the Queen of England." You know. So she was always pushing manners and politeness but she taught british literature and american literature but her great love was shakespeare and so i became anti shakespeare because my mom was like forcing you know these midwest shakespeare revival plays done and i'd have to go sit and watch a, a midsummer nights dream or you know merchant in venice or whatever and so it um you know she got me reading books 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 um, and always uh, wanted to, us to communicate well. My sister won awards for the state of Ohio for original composition and oratory. She always made me speak clearly and, and properly. My sister, Leslie, my only sibling, works for KGO TV and uh, ABC San Francisco. She did anchor work and now she's sort of their main. Roving correspondent out there. So both of us got into the communications realm in some ways because of my mom. I didn't realize that, Brian, that it made a difference until I've met other history professors who don't like talking or have a hard time before a classroom. I just can't wait to get in front of the classroom and storytell because I just, you know, it's just part of my innate personality. But I recognize my mom is the one who. Instilled in me that ability to talk in front of people. How did she get to be the Teacher of the Year? Oh, my mom taught at um, Perrysburg High School. Well, I was born in Atlanta on December 14, 1960. And since I remember my mom was a teacher, she taught in schools in Atlanta. Then we moved up to Perrysburg, Ohio, and she was in our little town of Perrysburg on the Maumee River, the um, head of the English department, and she was a great teacher. The, I, I hear now from all of her students, they write me, they call me, I'm in touch with all of them. Some students didn't like her, she was tough, um, but if you worked hard, it was the most rewarding class because she put everything into it. and, um, and I guess I kind of followed in her footsteps in a way. I didn't think of it at the time because I was going to do a doctorate in history and be a professor, but I still get the most most energized when I'm able to teach in front of a group of students or convey what I know about American history to people, Um, but she was a great teacher. They loved her in the town of Perrysburg.
1: Your sister was born in (laughs) 1958, you in 1960, did you get along with her?
0: I'm very close to my sister Leslie. Uh, We are kind of inseparable. I talk to her maybe four times a week. She, as I said, lives in the Bay Area. She had two children, Alexa and Brielle, and they both went to UCLA. And then Alexa, my niece, just graduated from Stanford Law School, and she's doing incredibly well. And Brielle um, went to New York City, and she's doing very well with the tech company. And they're just the nicest girls. I'm proud that my sister and Jeff, her husband, were able to raise two great kids, and we're very close. We try to do a summer vacation with my sister uh, every year. Usually Lake Tahoe we go. Uh, but sometimes it'll be elsewhere. This summer we're going to meet in the North Dakota Badlands. Um, but we, we make sure we stay in great touch. And when my mom died, they are living in Laguna Niguel, California. And now my father's in assisted living, a place called Byron Park in Walnut Creek, California. My sister's a mile away. So she's quite saintly in the in the way she's caretaking. My father, I feel a little delinquent. I'm living in Austin, Texas. I don't see him that often, but my sister's the kind of person that if I've ever had an illness or uh, was forlorn, she would do anything. She's just a really good person. So what's the difference between your mom and dad? Uh, my dad's old stock American. The Brinkley name that I have is from the French and Indian Wars. I mean, where they lived in Pennsylvania. Um, they moved to western Pennsylvania. He also went to Clarion. Um, where he met my mother at the university. But um, they have a lot of military background. When I looked at my family chart, you know, you could see their involvement uh, um, in the American Revolution and the War of 1812 and Civil War in quite dramatic fashions. My mother's brother died in World War II at Guam. He was a Marine killed by a sniper, and that had a big influence on my mom. His name was John. And I subsequently named one of my children John, or we call him Johnny. Um, but the uh, the you know the the um, so the Brinkleys an old style American original sort of American family, and he fell in love with my mom Ann Govelitz, who was a newcomer generation from what is today Slovakia, but what used to be Czechoslovakia.
1: What would we have seen if we saw you in the classroom? in high
0: school? Class clown, goofing around. I always had to be funny. You know, the one, my rebellion against my mom was I discovered comedians like Lenny Bruce and Red Fox and George Carlin. And, you know, I'd get those albums and listen to them. And, and my mom, they were sort of banned by my mom. and That made it them all the more this sort of contraband comedy that I would listen to. Uh, I always felt being funny, you know, having a good time was a big priority. With that said, I just loved history since I was uh, a child. Uh, I collected postage stamps and had quite a collection. I collected then plates and those snow globes and statues of everywhere in America. I would raid souvenir shops to get the collectibles to see all of America, and I never was bored visiting a historic house or battlefield or a museum that had to do with American history. Um, it just was part of my mom and dad teaching me that, but my sister didn't take to it. She liked other things, and I just got very fascinated. And so I started reading on my own biographies in American history, one after the other, and so I did well in school, but I goofed off, you know, um, a, a fair amount. I, um, by the time you know, I start, I graduated from high school. I was seventeen, and I went to the Ohio State University at seventeen. That's pretty young; you're just getting to know who you are. But by that point, I had read all sorts of, of novels of, of history, and so English. In history classes were always easy for me and math almost impossible for me.
1: I don't know that I can ever remember you talking about this. It's not fair to you because I'm sure you have the, the his, history of the state of Ohio and the eight presidents that touched that state. Uh, and the Tafts and Rutherford B. Hayes and Warren Harding and McKinley and all these people. Have you ever spent any time on it?
0: I want to write a book about Ohio history if God willing and I can, but for me I so I got into going to all those places and I have photographs at them. I recently refound uh, during COVID uh doing a little cleaning some photo albums of some of those Ohio places with me as a boy. Perrysburg, Ohio where I grew up on the Maumee. That is where William Henry Harrison uh, found out that he was president. He was there in t- my town, uh, and it has Fort Meigs there, which was this amazing um, battle, you know, in Fort during the War of eighteen twelve, and that's why William Henry Harrison used to be stationed in Perrysburg. Well, that was a big deal for me. I became, even though he was only president for a month. I knew everything about William Henry Harrison because we would play, Perrysburg, we'd play like Anthony Wayne High School and, um, you know, um, the William Henry Harrison. And, you know, it was the names all over that part of Ohio were from the War of 1812. I particularly liked, I know I've mentioned this to you before, William um, or Oliver Hazard Perry. Uh, and Perrysburg was named after Perry, and what, he's an amazing story because of the Battle of Lake Erie, and his ability to build a homebrew American armada in Erie, Pennsylvania, uh, build ships that the British didn't know he had, and then Perry hid them in the um, around Putin Bay in the Lake Erie Islands chain, and uh, and so the British came just. By and they they, we, they got attacked from the island chain, and Perry became a big hero if that wasn 't for winning of the Battle of Lake Erie, we may be a very different country today. Theodore Roosevelt looked up to uh, Oliver Hazard Perry a lot. he is treated as um, a genuine, almost a demagogue at, at the Naval Academy in Annapolis or the war, you know war college an incredible figure of the War of 1812. President-wise, down the road from me, Brian, was Rutherford B. Hayes. And we would take field trips down a, a little country road, and we'd be at, um, at Hayes's incredible home. Um, and it's interesting that he had his papers there, too. So there was a reading room with actual original documents of Hayes there. They weren't shipped off to the Library of Congress or National Archives. And so that whole experience, I couldn't believe right there was the president of the United States was just down the road from me. Um, w- Gerald Ford was up from Michigan and the first politician of stature I ever met was my mom took me to meet Gerald Ford who was um, speaking in Bowling Green. And I got uh, a photo with him and got him to autograph uh, a book for me. Uh, I like got a little autograph book I had. Um, and then we would go visit all of these other places. I had been to Ulysses C. S. Grant's, you know, birthplace. i had been to William McKinley's tomb. Uh, you know, I would go to um, uh, Warren Harding's um, house. You know, we would do things like that. And um, most of those were, were run by the state of Ohio, not national park sites. Uh, but I was amazed and proud that so many presidents. We, we call Ohio the mother. Of all presidents and we'd be in a competition with Virginia of who had produced the most um, and it's just the way you want to do the math because William Henry Harrison was actually born in Virginia but lived in a you know um, Indiana Ohio so t- he gets uh, he came to the presidency from Ohio so if you want to count him then uh, you know we, we have these seven presidents why did you pick Ohio state um it was Inexpensive. Uh, we didn't have a lot of money. Uh, we were we were fine, a middle class family. But what my, was your dad doing? My dad was then working for Owens Illinois, a glass company, and my sister got into Notre Dame, and that just not too far in Indiana. Um, I applied to other schools that I got in, but in the end, Ohio State was the state school where I lived, and you didn't have to pay that much. Uh, I, I think the big attraction was I went down there with four of my high school buddies, so we roomed, to, to dormed together. So I was in a instead of having to suddenly meet new people, I was with my high school friends through my four years at Ohio State. In retrospect, that may not have been the the, the way to go. I'm trying to now that I have kids of my own, I'm trying to get them to stop being so peer driven. But back then, um, you know, my friend Scott O'Neill and Bart Jacoby. Um, you know, we, we all we wanted to live together, dorm together, and we did, and we had a great time in Ohio State. But the big thing that changed me there wasn't the classes. It was I started going to used book sales, church sales, uh, used bookstores. Why? Uh, I just loved reading. I would get, I'm not kidding, a box load of paper. I couldn't believe you can get you know, the autobiography of Malcolm X for a quarter, or a, you know, Graham Greene novel for 10 cents. And so, you know, you, you grab a box of these and I would, you know, it was like a collection, a little bit like stamps. I started collecting books there. And then I delivered pizzas through college for a place called Mario's. Um, the, Biggest trauma of that is Mario's started getting delivering its pizzas to a wider range, including a neighborhood that was um, um, crime-ridden. And one evening, I went and uh, I was walking in delivering the pizza, and there was just nobody there in this hallway in a strange place. And suddenly, a guy came out with a gun and um, took my money belt and took the my pizza. This, that all these pizzas that I was delivering and disappeared. And, you know, it's scary. I was, you know, young. I went back to see old man Mario at his pizza place, and he really was there. And he couldn't have been nicer. He was like, you did the right thing. I, I felt bad that I gave up the money. Like, I was like, he you know, he he fed me a bowl of pasta, and you take the night off, and all of that. Um, and then we would get to see in Columbus a lot of shows. I, I got interested in the blues music early. And... I got to go to see, sit as close as I am to you, to people like Muddy Waters, you know, Bo Diddley, um, play, performing at just tiny little places in Columbus where nobody was there. I mean, you would just sit, it, it'd be like a coffee clatch with these blues grates right in front of you. And that always, that had a lot of uh, meaning to me. But then also, I remember at Ohio State, I was excited to see Little Richard and, and, um I would go, I saw him at play at the um, Columbus Zoo, and it was raining, kind of misty rain, and nobody showed up to see Little Richard. Now, I thought he was like a god, like Little Richard's in town. Boy, that's a big event, and this is now the late 70s, and there just weren't the crowds there for him. So uh, I started working also at a place called Singin' Dog Records, used records, and the guy there that ran it was named Moose, and Moose was really into reggae music, kind of um Rastafarian and also punk music. But he had he was self trained and encyclopedic on any kind of album you know he'd look to make sure there weren't scratches and you know you would get trained how to buy people's record collections that they wanted to sell for money so I did that and I learned a lot of great artists because then you got to be like the DJ of today you know in the little little record store I could pick whatever record I wanted if I wanted to play Ornette Coleman and jazz I could put it on you know if I wanted to play a a old Neil Young album I could put it on and I kind of could control the mood of the establishment to me that was a great job a coffee playing the music i like uh, and so i learned a lot about popular music um in in that job um so i was not only taking classes but i was working all the time which i did when i was in high school i used to work at a holiday inn work 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 was my my did you need motive i just love working did I, you need the money i did i went to live been able to live without it my parents helped me pay Tuition, but everything else—my um, when I moved out to an apartment, my car, insurance, you know, eating out money—I all had to earn it. So I worked these these jobs. Do you remember what
1: your tuition was
0: at? Ohio it was State? like two thousand dollars a year. I mean, it was very inexpensive back then. So and when you think
1: back at Ohio State, or for that matter, the high school, who were the teachers, especially in history, that made an impact on you?
0: at ohio state there was a labor historian named warren van tyne who had written a biography of john lewis the the miner, the head of the the miners union
1: john l lewis
0: john l lewis um and he wrote quite a bit and he was really interesting his labor history class because he liked a paper i did and he worked with me to get it published I got published on the Brotherhood of Carpenters and Joiners of Ohio, um, and I went into the original union papers of the Carpenters and Joiners Union, and it got published as an undergraduate in a journal, and that was like a big deal to me, um, because, uh, you know, it was the first time I had a byline, first time I had an article, and it actually helped me get a fellowship to go, um, money to go to Georgetown, because the... Priest there, who was running the department, was impressed that even though I maybe had not such great grades in math and science, that I I was getting A's in history and got an article published in a respectable um, journal. And that was Warren Van Tyne who pushed me in what that direction. Um, oh, Warren, I've been in touch with, of course, since uh, over the years. He was quiet. He didn't have a. Um, he was, but he would do little things that impressed me, like he would invite you. Uh, are some students for dinner at his house. I don't know if you could do that today, but we would go to his house and eat and continue talking about what what was going on in class. Um, I thought he was kind of a smart, hip, Guy, yeah, uh, he was youngish at the time and had a little bit of longer hair, and um, and so I thought he was like a cutting edge, uh, explaining to me what I didn't know about the union movements. You know, he talking about the Knights of Columbus and Terence Powderly or the Industrial Workers of the World and Wild Bill Haywood and Mother Jones and you know all these like f- characters out of the union world that uh, I learned about the first time. Douglas Brinkley is an American historian and author. You can listen to more interviews with him by searching Douglas Brinkley in the video library at c-span.org.